Welcome to the Crossroads of Divorce podcast, where we're taking our 20 plus years of leading divorce recovery groups and expanding it to this podcast for a broader platform. I'm Priscilla. And I'm Joey. And from Circle O Productions, this is Crossroads of Divorce. Today's episode is Our Stories. No one ever walks the aisle and says their vows, expecting to one day get divorced. No, you launch out hopeful and optimistic. Even with challenges, you set out to do your best and build a life. At some point, issues begin to mount and weigh on you. But you work harder and harder to make it all work because this is what you committed to. Ultimately though, you reach a point where you've lost yourself, drowning in the turbulent sea of marital conflict and dysfunction. You're lost. You're empty. You're desperate. That's exactly right, Joey. It seems you always imagine marriage will be very much like the Cleavers on Leave it to Beaver or the Stevens from Bewitched. Or maybe a more current example would be the next series, Family Reunion, or Man with a Plan. The happy couple, one or two kids, everyone's happy. You might have a meddling mother-in-law, but any issues are quickly resolved and everyone is happy again. But you realize that marriage isn't like a TV show where everything turns out perfectly fine at the end of the day. And of course, no one wants the scarlet D on their chest So you begin doing what you can to make things work. You might even lose yourself in the chaos of the conflict and dysfunction as you try to make things happy in your home. Without realizing it, you begin to be stripped away in an effort to survive. You know, when I was about 16 years old, I saw a photo of a magazine in a magazine of a father walking away from the camera on a dirt road with a fly fishing rod in his hand and flanked on both sides by two sons. I stared at that photo and I said to myself, that's what I want. I wanted to get married, come home every day and enjoy my family. Well, as fate would have it, I have four sons. Coming home after work was the highlight of the day every day. For me, growing up with a more emotionally disconnected father who worked all the time, I went the other way as a father and loved spending time with my kids. I think in a way, I was reliving a childhood I was really never able to experience. When I was in high school, my neighbor was having a baby. Her husband told us that she would need to have a shot to have the baby. Well, that did it for me. (laughs) Why would I want a shot to have a baby? Of course, when I was older, I completely changed my mind. Like I said, Darren and Samantha Stevens had the ideal marriage, and that's what I wanted, a family. Every mom I knew growing up stayed at home, and I dreamed I would be that mom home with the kids, 
and dinner ready in the evening. Of course, I had to learn how to cook first. <laughs> right. When I got married, I don't think I could spell emotional health. I really hadn't seen it modeled in my family growing up. So I had no real picture of what living emotionally healthy looked like. Despite reading marriage books, attending church, going to marriage seminars, trying to do all the things I felt less and less connected and more and more like I was working hard to try to make it all work. My ex-wife and I had seen a certain counselor together. And every time I left meeting with this person, my ass hurt from getting it kicked. It was the type thing you don't really look forward to, but you leave knowing it was really good for you. As my marriage began disintegrating, I began meeting with this counselor one-on-one. This was a pivotal point in my life because this person began speaking hard things, good things, truthful things into my life. And it was forcing me to look at myself and who I was. Basically, the pain I was in due to my marriage falling apart was the deepest and most excruciating thing I had ever experienced. I grew up playing a lot of sports, and I come from a pretty competitive family. And this pain was so deep and awful that I said to myself, I don't ever want to feel anything like this ever again. And I will do whatever I have to to change. I'm sure I didn't know anything about emotional health either. I'd never heard of marriage counseling, and I certainly didn't read any books about marriage, at least not until I felt like I needed to do something out of desperation. But even then, I wasn't equipped to handle the conflict and dysfunction in the home. My ex-husband and I did not pursue counseling. We just continued on the path of destruction towards a failed marriage. Well, my sister went to a church that had a divorce recovery program, and she suggested that I attend. I remember the first night driving into the parking lot, then sitting there for probably about 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. trying to get my courage up to walk into this daunting building and face people that I didn't know. Man, it was really a difficult decision. It literally took all the courage I had at that point to get out of the car and to walk into that building. But it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Being able to join a community of people who were walking the same journey as I was and all experiencing their own pain was truly life-changing. The commitment I had made to never feel this type of pain again experienced a unique sensation when I joined this group because everyone was walking the same path and was a major contributor to a more emotionally healthy life. At the time of my divorce, several church members reached out to me about a new program they were starting at church. They invited me to attend. The walk to the classroom for the divorce class seemed miles long. Mm -hmm. 
I felt ashamed. I felt humiliated Mm. that I was going to be part of that group. But once I entered the room, I realized that I wasn't the only one in the predicament. Several important church members were there welcoming us to this class. And like you, Joey, attending the class was one of the best decisions I made. Realizing that I wasn't the only one with a failed marriage had a significant impact on my self-esteem. The recovery class and committing to counseling to heal was a major turning point in my life. Our hope is this podcast can help you engage with a community of people walking the same journey that you are and serve to give you some tools for growth toward being more emotionally healthy. The truth of the matter is this. If you keep doing what you're doing, you will keep getting what you are getting. If you don't seek to change and grow through this divorce experience, then the likelihood is that you'll repeat the same type of mistakes in future relationships. The results are not going to change unless you change. And while walking through divorce is extremely painful, making the most of the opportunity to grow into more of who you were designed to be is important. There is a better world out there. There are emotionally healthy relationships waiting, but each of us must be willing to move in that direction by first looking at ourselves. Now, Priscilla and I both have been through difficult divorces, and it would be easy to focus on the other person in the divorce and keep blaming them. The reality, though, is we can't control that other person. We can only control ourselves. The more time I devote to thinking that, uh, about that other person and all their issues is non-productive time because I can't change them. I am devoting energy to something I can't change. Priscilla, don't you agree? Oh, yes. It seems that most people in the divorce process They spend a lot of time focused on or talking about the ex-spouse. They don't seem to be able to know how to focus on themselves. And I think that's totally natural, right? Because you've probably been, been told all of your faults, all of these things that are wrong with you, while you're not a good wife, a good husband, a good parent, whatever it is. And so I think it's very natural to to talk about those things and to focus on those things, right? Right. It's hard to um, to look at yourself. It's hard to stay on your side of the street, so to speak. It's easy to get on the other side of the street and talk about all the things that the ex-spouse has done. And that's an analogy that we like to use is get on your side of the street. Because if you envision a road with the double yellow lines, you don't want to cross them because you're going to run into the other person. You're going to run into the other thing. Right. The only thing you can control is on your side of the street. So stay on your side of the street. Exactly. Sometimes in the midst of a heartbreaking divorce, it's difficult to have hope. Be encouraged, though, because 
Both Joey and I are examples of being in an extremely dark place, being very emotional dysfunctional, and yet healing and growing into emotionally healthier people who experience more freedom and joy than ever before. There is hope. Your life can be better. Your life can be fuller than it has ever been. But if you want to take the first steps toward a better life, it's critical you step back and take an honest inventory of yourself. You know, by stepping back and looking at yourself, you can truly become the whole person you have always desired to be. But it starts with you and nowhere else. Join us on this journey to emotionally healthier living and experiencing freedom like never before. The Crossroads of Divorce podcast is a place of compassion and healing. It's a place for broken and wounded people to gather. Hear some encouraging words, gain some helpful tools, and grow into more of who you were made to be. Listen. This is an incredibly painful time of life, but don't let it overwhelm you and steal your hope because there is good ahead. Come join us on this journey and see where your story will take you.